This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Last, and I'm going to recap super, super quick. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. If you've been, depending on your background, where you were raised, where you're from, some people say, man, they want to get defined. I've already got all the Holy Spirit there is. Someone says, Are you, Alan, you tell me I don't have the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, yes, you do have the Holy Spirit. You're born of the Spirit. You're sealed by the Spirit. You are indwelt by the Spirit. You have the witness of the Spirit in your heart. So don't, have, don't let anyone ever tell you because you're, you, you don't have a Pentecostal experience, you haven't spoken in other tongues, that you're not saved because you don't do it that way. That's wrong. That's an error. And you can look at someone, smile, and go, well, bless your heart. Just bless your heart. And then those of you who are here, we know exactly what that means. It, it, <laughs> I just won't tell them. So what they're... What they're there is, is a difference. Say, well, then what are we talking about? We're talking about a different dimension of the Holy Spirit. Acts 19th chapter is the last instance where we see in the book of Acts where Paul encountered uh, some believers. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. If you look all throughout the scriptures, there's a key word there. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? We begin to see that in Acts chapter 2. And when Peter stands up and speaks at the very end, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit then, not just poured out then, we also see the Holy Spirit in, in Acts chapter 8 in Samaria, where the Bible said the Samaritans, Philip, Philip preached Christ to them, they had a big revival there, but they sent Peter and John to them because they had not yet received the Holy Spirit, he had not yet fallen on any of them. So Peter and John went and prayed for him. What, what I'm establishing is this, is there is a separate experience. It's a different dimension. Same Holy Spirit, but there's a difference between having a drink of water and being full of water. And so the idea is being filled. So now Paul is asking this group in, in, in Ephesians, he said, did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Well, listen, if you run across, let's say you go home for your high school reunion and you see somebody that you knew used to be a big hardcore partier. In fact, you partied together. And you see them and you're like, oh yeah, I remember them. And we, we did some damage together. And uh, you talk to them and they start talking and, and you know something's different about them. And, and, then the, and then they say something like, well, the, the Lord's blessed me and, and helped me. And you go, whoa, what's the first question you ask them? Did you, did you receive the Lord? You didn't go, did you receive the Holy Spirit? You asked him, did you receive the Lord? Did you get saved? Right? When someone comes in and maybe you're talking to someone, they're like, man, I need God in my life. What's the first thing we tell them? Well, you need to receive the Lord. That key, that's a key word, guys. That word receive. Because receiving the Lord is a gift. How many of you know Jesus does not have to go to the cross again? He's already been to the cross. He's already been to the tomb. God raised him from the dead. He's alive. He will never die again. How many of you know if somebody walked in tonight and said, Jesus, I need you. I need you to save me. Jesus, I need you to save me. They start begging, Jesus, I need you to save me. If, if we're smart, we're going to stop them and go, bro, hang on. You don't need Jesus to save you. Jesus has already saved you. Here's the good news. All you have to do is receive it. Is that right? We're not talking. How many of you know you didn't have to do anything? No gymnastics to get Jesus to save you. Nothing. You didn't have to. I heard people say, man, I, you know, I shaved off my mustache and, and, and I quit chewing tobacco to get Jesus to save me. You, I, I could have saved you a mustache and some skull because <laughs> you could have kept it 
and simply received the fact that Jesus has already been given. And we're going to find out that's the very same thing it is about the Holy Spirit. Now, at the end of the service, here's what we do. At the end of the service, we prayed last week for a lot of folks, and I said, come back. I'm going to talk about more of the roadblocks, but at the end of the service, we'll stay and we'll pray. And what we're praying is not trying to pray to God, give me the Holy Spirit. Oh, give me the Holy Spirit. It's simply receiving the Holy Spirit because he's already been given. It's just simply receiving. Say, so, well, Alan, why do I want to receive the Holy Spirit? And particularly, why do I, I want to I speak in tongues? So let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits of speaking in tongues. Because I've heard people say, well, I want the Holy Spirit. I don't want the tongues. My pastor used to say, it's kind of like buying shoes. Tongues come with it. And so here's, here's the benefit. There's, and by the way, there is no downside. Speaking in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, is speaking directly to God in prayer. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Well, it's not a mystery to God. And so it's a, actually, it's a supernatural way you can talk to God. And that is really cool. If I have a supernatural way I can talk to God, boy, that, that, that helps me. Because sometimes you, your mind goes tilt, and it's good to know that there's a way I can, I can talk to God. I'm just reminded of a, of a time when I was out on, on West Timer. I just moved to town. I'd just gotten back in fellowship with the Lord. I was going to Lakewood Church. Some, a group invited me down to go to Westheimer to go witnessing. Westheimer, back in the 80s, I don't know if it's still that way. It was pretty crazy then. I, is it still crazy now? Yeah. I was, it, was, it was the Westheimer Montrose area that I was in. Yeah, okay. It's still crazy then. All right. So I, I, I was down there, and, and I, I remember... I heard, I walked past, uh, it looked like a Vietnamese uh, restaurant. And there was a girl there. She was on her knees and there was a guy standing over and the girl was just, it looked like she was begging. She was in agony. And I thought he was beating her. And I'm 22 years old, full of probably more testosterone at that time than I needed. And I bolt up like I'm going to stop something. And I, I burst into the restaurant and... And my mind went tilt because laying all over the floor were people who had been shot. And evidently some guy had walked in there and opened fire on all these people and there was blood everywhere and people lying all over the floor. Little Allen from North Carolina ain't never seen nothing like that before. And I remember just immediately I just began to pray in the spirit because my mind, my mind was going tilt. What was I doing? I was talking directly to God. That was a prayer. And we were able to, the police, the police came and, and got things settled down. But that was, that was one of those strange experiences. But listen, you don't have to have a strange experience to be able to talk to God directly in prayer. He who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks to God, not to man. Here's the second one. Second benefit is it builds us up spiritually. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That means builds himself up. He who prophesies edifies the church. He edifies. That word edifies actually means to charge as, he would, as if you would charge a battery. And so it's a, it's a spiritual charging. Say, so Alan, how does that work? I don't know. I just believe it. And it helps. But I, I, I will tell you another way that it, it does. And I was reminded of this as I was thinking about this. And I hadn't even thought about this way. It's also a way that you can worship God and magnify God. You can, you can do that with other tongues as well. I don't know about you. Have you ever just, ever just had a, a quiet time where you're praising God? You just got going, God, I praise you. I praise you. Lord, I praise you. I praise you. Praise you. Then you're like, Lord, I'm running out of stuff to say, but I, I, I praise you. I'm the only one, right? 
We're going to pray for lying at the end of this service, all right? <laughs> so Acts, Acts, Carrie, if you've got that one, Acts um, 10, 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. You have an opportunity, actually, you can magnify God in, in the Spirit. You can pray in the, in the Spirit, and you can sing in the Spirit, and you can magnify God. It's a great way to worship God. You're speaking directly to Him. That's well, good. And it blesses you, and it builds you up on the inside. It charges you up. Ever felt like your batteries, have, your spiritual batteries have gone low? Ever had your spiritual batteries just be really charged up at times? You felt like, man, I, how many of you know the difference between when you're full and when you're not full? How many of you have ever been to a retreat? Just a really good retreat. I think they have a Trace Diaz or maybe the Walk of Emmaus. And you go away a retreat, you put your phone away, you're not bothered by anything, you just get around a bunch of people, you worship, you read your Bible. How many of you know you come out of that retreat fired up? Fired up. You're like, oh yeah, spiritual batteries are full, full up. But how many of you never have ever been to the place where you felt like you, you, got, no, you got no charge whatsoever? It's like that, uh, like you get your razor out and you start, it kind of goes, mm. Ever felt like, ooh? <laughs> so we need, we need to charge up. And so that's one of the ways to do it. Here's the third one. Here's the one that, that I think to Joy and I have, have helped us as, as much as anything else. It helps us pray in line with the will of God. Look at this, Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That the Greek of that means actually cannot be uttered in articulate speech. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Guys, this is one of the biggest benefits right here to praying in other tongues. When I pray for you, I don't know everything going on in your life. Some of you think I do, but I don't. Neither does joy. We don't know everything that's going on. And so I can pray. Lord, help them. Lord, bless them. Lord, strengthen them. But I don't know everything going on in your life. So I, I, I've got a weakness here. This is a big church. We've got thousands of people here. How many of you know I can't take a whole list and start calling everybody's name and go down? That, that would drive you nuts. I'm sorry if you think I do that, but we don't. So what, we, what do we do? Father, we pray for the church. We thank you for those that you've given us. We ask that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. We pray that they would understand what is the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance and the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. We pray that. We pray, Lord, fill them with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that they would walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, being fruitful at every good work and increasing in the knowledge of you. you say, well, sometimes, the, and then you can pray, Lord, bless them just so much, but then you can say, I, and we'll do this, Lord. We don't know everything that's going on in your life, but you do. And you can help us pray. And so we begin to pray. Can't tell you how many times we've had something just feel like it's gone wrong. And we're like, man, I feel something's, something is not off. My son called me. He said, hey, I want to go to this football game. I said, I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. Your mom's okay? Yeah, go. He's my youngest. And I know all of you think the stories are about Matt. <laughs> I do have a, a, young, a the youngest child who learned to evade a lot of trouble. But anyway, he, he by watching Matt, so he, um, he, 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 he called me, said, can I go to the game? And I said, your mom okay? He said, yeah. He hung up the phone, and it, I was up in the church. It was, it, was, it was a Friday night. I was up in the church, and uh, man, something didn't feel right. Ever had something just not feel right? Ever been there? How do you pray? You start calling out all the names of all your relatives? 
Lord, there's Uncle Jim and Sally, Cousin Bobo. He's got problems. Lord Jesus, help Bobo. <laughs> How do you pray? You're like, something's bothering me. And so, man, I begin to pray. Little did I know that Joy had something on her heart. Something was bothering her too. She began to pray. How do you pray when you don't know how to pray? Lord, I don't know what's going on, but thank you that the Holy Spirit does. Thank you he can help me pray. We begin to pray. We prayed. Joy was praying. I was praying. Didn't know that each other was praying, and we got a lift. And we felt like, all right, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And uh, I'll get a call later from Michael. Michael was merging and merged right into an 18-wheeler. You could see the imprint of the wheel in the side of the vehicle. He was able to keep control of his vehicle and get off to the road. He wasn't hurt and wasn't injured at all. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to pray in the the Holy Spirit. My sister called. She's in the hospital. She didn't know that. And, and she didn't know she's going to be able to make it. The doctors aren't giving her a good report. How do you pray? And it's like, Lord, help her, Lord, heal her. And I just begin to pray in the Spirit. I'm all by myself. There's no one around. And, and by the way, when you're praying in the Spirit, you don't have to, it's not a public thing. This is between, remember, he who talks in the unknown tongue is speaking directly to God. Amen. I'm talking to God. My sister could be dying. I'm talking to God. Prayed for a while, had a real peace about it, and she called, she's okay, she's all right. I'm grateful. So, Alan, do you think it was because you prayed the Spirit? I don't know, but what, an, what I'm so grateful for an opportunity to have recourse that when I don't know what to do, he knows what to do. And so that's, guys, listen. I've, I've, been, I've been around charismatic and, and Pentecostal circles since I was 14 years old. I have seen every kind of stuff you've ever seen. Some of it's goofy and some of it's powerful. But I will tell you this, the biggest thing, the biggest benefit to me of being filled with the Spirit is the ability right here to be able to pray beyond your understanding and to pray for things that you don't know. How, how many of you, and I asked for a show of hands, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you, you've done this, you've had the ability to pray beyond your understanding and the Lord helped you with, with something. If you, if you see hands, there's a lot of that. That's a, that's a big benefit. So it's that, it's, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna roll through because I wanna hit some roadblocks. It stimulates our faith, that's Jude 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Well, he's talking about praying in other tongues. And number five, it reminds us of the Holy Spirit's presence. When we pray in the Spirit, we're praying. And it reminds us, hey, we're indwelt by someone who is helping us. Now, I want to spend a little time talking about roadblocks because I've talked to so many people. I have so many people that walk up here, they go, Alan, now I grew up this way. I was taught this way. I was raised this way. And listen, <laughs> please, please know I will never argue with you. If you come to me and go, I don't want it. I don't believe in you. I don't, I'm going to look at you and go, love you. Bless your heart. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I, it, I, we don't argue with people. It's not a big deal. You're, you're happy where you are? Great. You know who I'm talking to tonight? I'm talking to the ones who say, Alan, I'm hungry and I want more of God in my life. That's, that, that's just the ones I'm talking to. Because the Bible said he fills the hungry with good things. Say, listen, I'm, I'm good, Alan. I'm happy. I'm, I'm content. <laughs> good. Good. Praise God. But there's some, there's some that are going, you've, you've had this sensing in your heart all the time. There's more. I know there's more. I know God has more for me. And so you're the ones I'm talking to. So here, here's one of the things. We, we talked about this last week. I'm only going to mention it quick, briefly once. Alan Tongues passed away. Not enough scriptural evidence for that. They took one scripture. They really pretty much took it out of context. Go ahead and put that up, Carrie. It's 
Love never fails. Where there's prophecies, they will fail. Where there's tongues, they will cease. Where there's knowledge, it will vanish away. What are you going to do with prophecies and knowledge if you say that tongues has ceased? And so, again, not enough scriptural basis for that, and they haven't ceased. Here's the second one. Concerned that the Holy Spirit will take me over and embarrass me. I'll be walking in the middle of the mall one day and all of a sudden just have a wild Holy Spirit fit and fall on the floor and pray in tongues. Never happened, will not happen. Don't worry about that. The Bible says, I will pray in the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit. I will sing. The Holy Spirit's not going to make you. Remember, say, he doesn't make us do anything. He's not going to make you. He will not embarrass you. I've been in all kinds of situations and the Holy Spirit never once has grabbed me and shook me and made me act crazy like, ooh, ooh. So, Alan, I know people like that. Listen, they were weird before the Holy Spirit got a hold of them. <laughs> Quick story. My darling wife, when we were at Bible school, my darling wife heard a lady loudly proclaim in the, in the restroom that, that she did not have a place to stay and that God was going to provide a place to stay. And my wife volunteered. We were married for about six months. And my wife volunteered for her to come and stay with us. This lady, (laughs) yes, bless her heart. She was, she was, wow, I don't even know. She's in heaven too, so I got to be careful because I'm going to have to talk to her one day too. And it's like, she's like, you told stories about me. I'm like, yeah, I didn't tell your name, but you you did some cray-cray stuff. And uh, she she was loud. She was was boisterous. And and she embarrassed me so much. Joy left, and I had to take care of her during the day because I worked at night, and she was there, and it's, by the way, I do not advise that. So we went to the grocery store. She's praying in tongues over the fruit. She prayed in tongues. She goes, the Lord says, take that one. And the Lord said, take that one. That's weird. And that's not the Lord. The Lord's not going to help you pick fruit. You got a brain, pick fruit. Smell, sniff, thump, pick fruit. <laughs> you don't need to pray in tongues over fruit. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to reach the end of my limit. After three weeks, three, count them three weeks of this craziness, we go to buy a present for Joy for her birthday, and she's walking loud as a dove. And she walks loudly through the store, praying in tongues. I'm just, man, I'm, a, I'm about to have a fit. And she said, the Lord said, that's the cage for the bird. I looked at her, I said, the bird won't fit in that cage. <laughs> she prayed a little bit more. She said, the Lord said, that, that cage will do. I said, that's it, I'm done. We're going to find someone else to take you and bless you with your, you're out, you're done. I'm, 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 I'm done. <laughs> That's crazy stuff. And, but let me, can I, can I just be very, very honest with you? I, I never want to mention her name because she had mental problems. She, she really did. She, she, had, she had mental problems. And, you know, Joy, out of the goodness of her heart, took her in. We had a big conversation after that. Um, <laughs> as a family, new family rule. <laughs> We're not taking in anybody. It's, and so, uh, but that was weirdness that was not brought on by the Holy Spirit. So please understand that. It's not going to take you and make you do anything. Here's the, here's the, third, the third one. Tongues have to be interpreted. Tongues have no value 
or only if interpreted. Let me see if I can, if I can break this down pretty quickly. Uh, I've, I've heard people say, you know, Alan, I heard someone pray in the Spirit, and they're, and, and they're supposed to interpret that. Please understand that in the 14th chapter of the book of, of Corinthians, when Paul was talking, he was actually correcting the Corinthian church, not on whether or not they spoke in tongues or not, but when they did it. They were speaking out of turn, and they were doing things that weren't appropriate. Let's put that scripture up here, if you would. That's in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 16 through 19. Otherwise, he said, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Listen to Paul's writing. He said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, people have taken that and they said, see, Alan, that, that means tongues have no value. You'd rather speak five words. What the Corinthian church was evidently doing was they would stand up and, and speak with tongues. The Bible said no one understands them. So they would speak with tongues and sit down. And everyone's like, what did you just say? I don't know. They spoke with tongues. Paul said, no, no, no. He said, people who are uninformed, people who don't know what's going on, that's not appropriate. How many of you know there, what he was saying is, there's a time to do it, there's a time not to do it. He said, he said, in the church, I'd rather speak five words. Jesus loves you a lot, much. That's, that's five. I'd rather say that than stand up here and, and, and pray in tongues if you don't know what's going on. So he didn't say speaking in tongues is wrong. He said, I do it more than all of you. He said, but in the church, you don't come in the church and just, just start boldly speaking out. He said, no one else gets blessed. Amen. Do I have a married couple around? Okay, here, here, I got one right here. <laughs> I know they're married. Yes. Justin and Mary Beth, sweet couple. We know them, love them. If I'm here preaching and all of a sudden Justin and Mary Beth start making out. <laughs> right here. And I look, man, they're just like, and I go, no, no. Making out is wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. No, it's not. How many know married couples should make out? A lot. It is good. But not in the church. Right? It'd be wrong for me to go, you can never make out again. <laughs> they could look at me and go, you're right. <laughs> Good luck with that, Alan. Hey, making out, there are times, what Paul is saying is, speaking in tongues is great. He said, but not in the church when no one else understands what you're saying. Do you understand? Does that make sense? So it's like, so evidently the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church was a pretty wild and woolly church, man. They had all kinds of stuff going on. So they'd come in and everyone's praying in tongues. And Paul said, wait, hold on. He said, if you come in and people who occupy the room of the uninformed, what's he talking about? People who don't know what in the world you're doing. They would stand up and bless the food, pray over the food in the spirit, pray in other tongues over the food. And, and everyone's like, what are they doing? Paul said, you give thanks well, but the other's not blessed. When we come together, guys, it's not so that we get a blessing. If Justin and Mary Beth are making out on the front row, they might be blessed, but we're not edified by that. <laughs> you ever gonna forgive me for that? I, 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 I. 
Do you, but you understand what I'm saying? There's appropriate times. So what Paul was saying is not that tongues have no value, tongues have no good. He said, when you come together, he said, do things that bless one another and edify one another. So that's the, that's the idea behind it. So I, I hope that helps. I look, I know this is going to probably not surprise you. Next week, I'm going to do this again. Because <laughs> I'm not done. But I promise you, next week, I am done. I'm going to wrap it up. But here's what we're going to do. We, we have been talking, and what we've done is give opportunities for people who would like to receive. Now listen, it's not a show. It's not a spectacle. So what we're going to do is we're going to dismiss. And for those of you who stay say, you know what, I, I'm, I, I want to I stay, I want to receive, then stay. For those of you who said, you know what, I still have questions, come back next week. I, I, I promise you, I will be done next week. But we'll do this again because I still got some more to cover that. So we're, we're going to do that. So I'm just going to ask, let me pray. And I, I'm going to ask everyone just to, if you, if you don't want to stay, slip out. And the rest of us just stay seated. And we're going to pray. And you can receive. And, and that's how we do it. How many of you know that no spectacle, no show, not trying to embarrass anybody. We just want to give people an opportunity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy towards us. Thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus and for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for all your gifts. What do we have that we did not even receive? So, Lord, we thank you for that. I ask that you continue to bless your people, that you enlighten them, help them, strengthen them, because you love them and have good plans for them. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.